0: Welcome to episode 6 of the Rick Chapel podcast. It's weekly now. Look at that. It's been I think 3 weeks in a row. So that's weekly. That's a victory. That's a success. That's how she goes. So much is new this week. Oh my god, where do I start? It's just the sound you're hearing. This ambient patch I've been working on. Ambient patch. Now it's a patch, it's been a sound, let's call it. This guitar tone is a ever-evolving thing. The guitar is less important for the patch. This week we're playing a Firebird, we'll talk about it later, but the patch is now all built into the Axe Effects. mostly. I was using an iRig that was uh, fed by, just a split off my guitar pedal board taking a perfectly clean guitar, so something with no effects on it at all, and giving it uh, a ton of delay and like an amp effect and a whole sound in Logic in my laptop that's doing OBS and this camera work and whatnot. But I think making the laptop run two audio interfaces and two software like OBS and Logic and all the stuff at the same time was a little much for it. And that might be the reason why last week had a bunch of pops in the audio. I don't know if any of you noticed, nobody commented, but I noticed it and it drove me nuts. So my solution was to stop doing what I was doing. And now this is not powered by the laptop. It is a Axe Effects patch I've made called Kitchen Sink of Ambience because there's... A kitchen sink of effects in it like I'm not gonna get into the screen of it too much because nobody cares about that but there's two compressors two volume automation things one that's like an auto swell one that I'm controlling on a foot pedal below Uh, like six delays if you count multi delays as individuals two cabs a course two reverbs a mixer and it's a lot of delay man but the sauce is on the desk now and we're gonna actually show that off for a second so look how it went away here's the axe effects patch a lot of delay don't get me wrong but i plug my axe effects in digitally so i just use a spitf cable into the good old apollo and everybody wins uses less ins, less outs. But all of the outputs on the back of the Axe FX are completely output, or uh, blank then, because I don't use them. So I took the one two out of it, like you would usually use, and plugged them under my desk into a DL4, like one of those old green line six delay pedals, and set it for as long as it could possibly go to ping pong. So it sounds like this. Where is it? It's very long. There you go. Keeps it going basically forever. But we then run all of that into the space echo. which is a tape machine emulator, so you heard it crunch up, but it's also adding a few more repeats to it and some reverb, so it's really softening it up too in a nice way. And now we have this just endless, real-time ambient sound. And then that's going into the UAD stuff, obviously. So then I have uh, auxes on that always. So we have, of course, you know, a Lexicon 480L adding some nice reverb to both channels and another delay for like 30 seconds of ping pong. Long story short, the delay is not short. But it's not powered by a laptop anymore, so it should be more stable, and that is the first subject we'll tick off the list for this week's episode. I wanted to talk about the AxeFX patch, because it took me a long time to make, and then when I uh, borrowed this pedal from work, I, I haven't bought it yet, but it's so good that this is how it goes, you end up buying it, and it adds so much flavor, I've even wired it in in a cool way, where it's, um, it's fed by the AxeFX than the way I exactly described. But before I feed the delay pedal, I actually feed it into a splitter. So it's a mixer that allows me to run it right through, like nothing ever happened. But then also I can run in more stereo inputs. So I have my uh, UAD Apollo running that so I can just send logic through it as well. So I tried it as like a tape echo on some strings or vocals or whatever I want to do. It's a great sounding tape echo. And you can even actually turn off the reverb and turn down the echo and just use the tape saturation. So, good piece of outboard gear, man. Guitar pedals are fun, but guitar pedals are more fun when they're stereo and an effect that works on non-guitar things on a lot of stuff, like infinite echo. I just love Delay, man. Let's talk about this guitar for a second. This is a 2013 Firebird that I bought off of a good friend of mine's dad, or also just a good friend. His name's Tim. Uh, The people I've talked about in Princeton and Headley with the show a couple weeks ago. It was all those guys. He had this, I think, well, since brand new, so 2013-ish around there. And uh, he didn't play it all that much. It's got a couple worn down spots, so you know, he played it a bit. But it hung up for a lot of years as well, I know that for sure. And it, it aged not the best, it got pretty dry. And actually even just last night, I went to string it up, or a couple nights ago, I went to string it up. And it, uh, the, the board did not look this brown, let put it that way. It turns really light red. In the heat and the dryness. And it's been hot and dry here in Abbotsford. We've got an insane air quality right now. Worse than, you know, all the spots they always talk about in China and whatnot. Because Kelowna is on fire, which is... um, Maybe... Four hours? Five hours drive away? Six? I don't know. It's a drive, but... You know, it's home. And that sucks, so... Hope everybody is okay. I haven't heard crazy casualties, which is great. But obviously a lot of homes and properties have been lost, which is terrible. So there's your news. It's bad. Welcome to the future. Woo! I have one friend actually who's down. He lives up in Karameas, and I haven't seen him for years with my dad's old friends. So we're heading out to dinner tonight. So that's cool. He, He happens to be down for a bad reason, but... May as well take advantage of it, right? Make some lemonade, drink some beer. This Firebird became mine because Tim brought it to my work at good old Long McQuaid. And uh, I don't know what was going on, but he wanted to trade it in on a Les Paul. He wanted to order a Lemon Burst standard. And we found him one and it is awesome. He got a great guitar. But this was what he wanted to trade in. And I was like, Tim, no. But when it came time to do the numbers and whatnot, I tagged in my manager because he's a friend. I want to give him a million dollars for this guitar. I can't be the one to, you know, it's just conflict of interest. So my buddy, who is also the manager, tags in, makes him an offer. And then this is the part that is not totally by company policy, but is a great part of the story is he took the trade-in offer. He was like, okay, that sounds good to me. But then his wife, Anita, was like, well, we'll do it. Or, you know, hey, Rick, do you wanna just give us that money and you can have it? And I was like, oh, you all know me too well. I've pined after this guitar for years. I had played it pretty often when I had gone over there. We were in bands over the years. Him and I had played in uh, like a bar band with his daughter's husband, who's now my good friend who lives up in Princeton there, and his daughter also lives in Princeton. They're the married couple who have the wonderful daughter of their own just now. Congratulations again. I'm so happy for them. But we played, what kind of gigs did we do? We did all the bars around town. Back before there was good bars around town, unfortunately. Right now it seems like there's a live music resurgence. I just saw my old boss's band last night at uh, Old Yale Brewing here in Abbotsford. They were great, the place was busy. I think uh, they were understaffed and really fighting it off, but they did a good job, the band was fantastic. I mean, the staff did a good job trying to keep everybody happy. I was with a big group that was, you know, drinking and causing ruckuses, I'm sure. But the band was great, good old Harmon White, Kyler Pierce, my old manager, shout out to all of them are doing a great job. Good gig, guys. I didn't stick around too late after them because I get cold really easily and it was outdoors. (laughs) And even though the world's on fire and it's currently uh, 27 degrees out, I have an air conditioner running because if I don't, it's 45 degrees in here. Um, I'm wearing a hoodie and at dinner I was wearing a hoodie and I uh, got cold when the sun went down. So that's me. all this echo man I just love all the echo you may notice that the first part of some of my words is cut off I have the AC running here because like I said the whole home needs it right now in my little apartment it's cooking even in the living room it's hot but uh, to be in here right now the hoodie is lovely my feet are cold though because it's blowing right at me what else do I want to talk about this week man there's been not that much but so much oh one good story here on Thursday night, I ordered some Skip the Dishes. I got paid on Friday, but Thursday night before payday, I was like, hey, you know what? I can still afford a good Skip the Dishes run. So I got some Streets this is the name of the restaurant. They're fantastic. I think it's a small chain here. I know it's there's a few in BC at least. And I ordered up a big old burrito, like the burrito's big and two tacos, which is gonna be, I was like, "Ah, enough for lunch the next day for sure. I don't know which part of it would be lunch, but I knew there was two meals worth of food, let's put it that way. I got the alert from Skip the Dishes that it was gonna be a while, which happens, you know? All was good. I ordered not when I was starving, so we were prepared. But uh, an hour and a half goes by, the food finally shows up, which, okay, that was a while, thanks for the heads up. But I, as soon as I picked up the bag, I was like, this bag is heavy. And uh, that's because there was a lot of food in it. I got a taco, a chicken bowl, like a full-size like burrito bowl, I guess. That was like a buffalo one. I got chicken quesadillas. I got fish and chips, uh, yam fries, two sprites, um... There was something, oh, a small little chicken bowl that was amazing, and I wish I knew what it was because I would order that all the time. It was like sweet onion chicken or something. Ah, whatever it was, that was the best one. And uh, yeah, so I contacted Skip the Dishes because I was like, hey, got the wrong food. It's great, but thought you should know. And I sent them a picture, and they were like, hey, what'd you get? Told them the same list. And then they refunded me. So I got all the food for free. The one chicken bowl and the fish and chips I did not eat. I don't really like fish and chips, so... And they're not good reheated. There was enough food there. That one bit the dust. I'm sorry. Rip. And then the big chicken bowl I saved for lunch the next day, reheated it, and uh, it turns out it was like a buffalo chicken, but not crispy or crunchy buffalo chicken, just like... I don't know what you call it, but like I don't know, like, Wendy's calls it like home-style chicken. It's the chicken that's just wet, like there's no skin on it. They just it's like a cooking, cooking. It's like they're cooking chicken. It's like a chicken breast that they just heat it up and then they like have it. Enjoy. And to me, that's not that's not enough. You got to put some barbecue sauce on that bitch or something. I don't get it. So I threw most of that one out. So that one was a dud as well. But the rest of my Skip the Dishes experience was lovely. And now I have like 50 bucks of credits to spend on something else. So maybe uh, tomorrow night we will just go fancy. Or I'll get brunch on my day off. I'm getting brunch on my day off. Hell yeah. That's the Skip the Dishes story, story. And that leads right into my other Skip the Dishes story, which is how much I used to get brunch on my days off and by days off i mean during covid like when everything was off some days i would sleep in crazy late all days but on these particular days i would order like a big breakfast platter from uh, cora's so much sugar so much deliciousness like you get i would get like a crepe with strawberries and chocolate and it wasn't Nutella. I don't like Nutella. Sorry, everybody. But this was like a good version of Nutella. You know, chocolate that was real chocolate. Just nuts pretending. And oh, you get some bananas in a cup, whatever it was. You know, the fruit cup on the side was always, they'd throw it in. I ordered so much they would start to throw in things. And this is before Skip the Dishes was an hour and a half wait all the time. So, like, the coffee was still hot, man. This was a good time to be Rick. You could argue the pandemic sucked. We talk about it every episode. They should really move on. Seems like the world has, but I don't remember the end button or, like, alarm. I remember the start alarm, but I don't remember the everything's fine alarm. It seems like every once in a while they're still like, hey... Omegacron Percy I-8's coming back And you're like, okay Do I have a job still? Yep Alright, is the grocery store open? Doesn't matter, I get it delivered Okay, so, masks? Nope, life That's kind of where I'm at Happy new decade, everybody <laughs> Imagine in 2019 being like That's your checklist for the month, buddy the times be changing. Before the pandemic also, I used to get groceries delivered still, kind of, but not like Save On Foods. That's all I do now. I have the Save On Foods app and Save On Foods delivers me bagels. It's great. But I would get like the good food boxes was the one I had, but you know, it's like any of those meal kit things. I used them for maybe four or five months. And it was great. I was cooking more than ever. I was eating healthy, you know, fresh stuff. For the last, like, three months of it, I even upped my subscription because I was like, oh, I'll have it for lunches now. Like, it's better than Wendy's. It was good. Pandemic hits. Immediate non-necessity. So, cancel that shit. But I miss it. So, hey, Good Food Box, if you ever uh, decide to sponsor a podcast that's rocking by its sixth episode a whopping 60 views a week, which, hey... 10 a day to me is on air. Okay, that's like being on a bad, bad network in the middle of the night doing my version of Wayne's World. And hey, that's excellent. I'm not gonna do the thing because with all this echo, you're gonna hear it for 17 minutes and that's gonna make everybody frustrated. But what a movie. Let's go off script and just talk about Wayne's World for a second. Every podcast should have a few off book moments, right? The first time I saw Wayne's World, I would have been eight, seven or eight, let's call it around there. And I remember the scene of Garth playing drums. Well, I remember the music store scenes, obviously. Funny enough, those are huge for me. The Stratocaster, you know, she will be mine. My first guitar was a white Stratocaster, maybe because of that scene, who knows? And Jimi Hendrix, of course. Which is kind of because of that scene, funny enough. Or, you know what I meant. But Garth playing drums, man. I like to play. So good. I remember Pots and Pan. Okay, how old was I? Because I remember where I was. Pots and Pan's kitchen. Tammy's house. That was in Abbotsford. So that was when she moved back from White Rock. So we're talking... Grade two. Let's call it grade two. I am however many years old you are in grade two. And I'm playing the drum solo, or what I believe is the drum solo, of Wayne's World. Ah, uh, Chris Farley in that movie, too. I remember there's so many references I didn't understand, obviously, because I was in grade two. But, like, I think it's Golden Girls or whatever when they do the factory tour. And they put the glove on the bottle and they watch it, and it. It's so good, man. It's a shame Dana Carvey isn't in Shrek or something with Mike Myers. You know, like they they had their time together, which is great. We got Wayne's World. But uh, I would have loved to have seen even more of that. And speaking of Shrek in our uh, ADHD rant, Shrek used to have Chris Farley in it. Not everybody knows that. They, he recorded a whole bunch, and they started to animate it. He sadly passed away, and then they made all kinds of changes and obviously recast it, and Mike Myers even famously revoiced it in the ninth, like 11th hour. I think he even paid for it himself with that accent to kind of pay tribute to Chris Farley. There's your fun fact about dead people for the episode. The more you know. The space echo, man, the the thing that's adding all of that sauce. That's the best pedal ever. And there's even a button. That means it'll just go forever now. Or I can make it do a crazy thing. It's a weird little box of infinite goo. So, the next thing on my list, after I, you know, maybe buy that guitar pedal... Buy that guitar pedal. Is to add an expression pedal to it that I'll just throw down here. That will be that hold button, just so I don't have to use my thumb. And I can, you know, play guitar and do it. Because that hold button is great, especially if you want infinite ambience. I really hope it's not doing any of the distortion. I know that Echo is distorted a little bit. Shout out again to the Echo machine with the saturate knob. Space Echo is a tape emulator, of course. But, ah, episode five with those little clips. I'm trying to make little clips out of these episodes. Basically, I'm doing a podcast to promote my own music, and then it's a good exercise in doing something, you know? a a weekly productivity update on how i've been with my own updates of oh that was a sentence and a half of how i've been with my own recording and musical projects this week i've done nothing Uh, i was supposed to record strings on thursday that fell through just because the guy got busy which happens it's fine i'm not paying him so uh i'm at his schedule and that's perfectly appropriate but we didn't do the last three songs so they are still to go I didn't do guitars for anything this week. I restrung this and worked on this thing. Like I said, it took uh, a lot of oil. Oh, I didn't even tell that full story. I oiled the crap out of this thing when I went to restring it because it was super red, and I let it soak for, like, two days and then applied another couple coats. And, uh, yeah, I did that when I bought it or something very similar to that, Uh, about a full day of maybe seven or eight coats. And that lasted for maybe a year, maybe as long as I've had it or so around there but uh, it definitely I didn't realize just how red and light it had gotten again until I put the first coat in and then it showed off some of the cracks and I was like oh damn so we have uh, hydrated the crap out of it I'm a big believer in hydrating rosewood boards and ebony boards Some of the guys at work used to tell me that I did it too much, but uh, they were all healthy and customers loved them. So hey, go us. I got this guitar right around the time I got rid of my Les Paul Jr. I got rid of Les Paul Jr. in a way to sort of pay for this. We had gotten a bonus at work the day that he came in to trade this, so I had the cash able to you know, do the deal. And also their family friends, so I didn't have to have the cash. I could send them an e-transfer, which is lovely. So I sold my Jr. right after that. And really, I only used that Les Paul Jr. for like two things. There's a cover of a Lumineers song I did on Instagram. I also did it on YouTube, but on YouTube I'm using this guitar funny enough, because it was right around that time. And then I played my Les Paul Jr., the one I will always cherish my memory of, at my friend's little sister's wedding, which was, that was the, that's the main core memory of that guitar right there. And my friend's little kid, like, kicked rocks all over it at one point. It was, it was so good but I played Maybe I'm Amazed by good old Paul McCartney. And it went really well. It actually turned into the father-daughter first dance. So halfway through me playing with my looper pedal, trying to get the solo down, I look up and they're doing the dance and I'm like, oh, this is more emotional than I was prepared for. Eh. But uh, we got through the song and I made some people in the audience cry, not because I was bad. So go Rick. At least I don't think it's because I was bad. Like I was saying for a second there, I was talking about doing short clips, and uh, short clips of the podcast is a thing I'm going to experiment with. Because doing the podcast is a way to promote my music, like I was saying, and then also making something weekly and trying to make something good, and then making it better, you know? You infinite, you inevitably learn stuff. So I did a short of the last week, which was just a minute-long clip of the podcast, and I made it fit a vertical you know, layout for phones, and under 60 seconds put some text on it turns out in the wrong spots for the way the layout is learned a lot you know and then also I had a weird thing happen where I made it in the middle of the night and posted it in the middle of the night it didn't put it on Facebook or share it on Instagram like I just put it on YouTube and was like goodbye and it got in the first you know two hours like 10 views I remember I checked before I went to bed and then I woke up and it had like 200 And I was like "Mm." That's more than the podcast gets. That's more than my pedal reviews get, you know, in a week. That's, and it happened while I was asleep. What's happening? And then it just stopped. So the graph goes. So That's odd, but hey, 200 is more than zero. And that's the attitude I'm trying to have towards the podcast stuff. If you don't make the things, no one will ever watch them because they don't exist. So that's my unsad beg for attention. No, I, I like to think that if you are not interested, nobody's making you watch these things. But if you are interested, they exist for people who like them. Therefore, you should make stuff because people who like it will find it. There's my motivational speech for the week Do the thing, it will be bad. And then it will be less bad. And then it will be good. And we're waiting on that episode still. But hey, we're going to get there, folks. Together, all 60 of us. Do any of you guys make podcasts? Last time I asked a question, I actually got some answers in the comments, which was really cool. If I start to get enough comments... I would love to make it a weekly thing where I answer them on the podcast, because answering them on YouTube is one thing, and I try to always do that, but answering them on camera kills some time, and I think is nicer, right? Like, that's a more fun way to engage with an audience. And if I want to make music, which I'm currently doing, done. But if I want people to hear it, which is the reason I try to do my best of it and make it sound as good as I can is even though it's, you know, sometimes the demo is what comes out because it's perfectly good. Having this stuff out there always helps. So do you guys do creative things? Are you making music? If you are making something, what do you do to promote it? Are you also doing podcasts or advertisements? I was thinking about busting out the old credit card for some advertisements. Like I, I used to do advertisements for car dealerships, like for a job and it was great it was really fun i would make like facebook videos and instagram videos and we would put a couple thousand dollars a month towards advertising campaigns and it was fun and i know how to target very well because of that and how to optimize things pretty good but the thing is you see you need those couple thousands of dollars to do it to the scale i was doing i don't have those couple thousands of dollars so my plan is to pay off my credit card be debt free and then take the money that I was you know budgeting for credit card payments and put that towards advertisements again and treat myself like a business pour out that music to the lowest uh, subscriber on Facebook Instagram and who knows maybe TikTok all these platforms that allow you to pay to play because that's the reality of media yay everybody can do it but everybody needs to pay for it. Huh. But the new album I'm working on, I think, is worth promoting. Like, not that I, I, so I've got, it'll be my third album. The first one is not worth promoting. I never made CDs of it. I released it after the hard drive I had it all on exploded. So I was like, well, here's as far as it got. I think it sounds pretty good, but it's essentially demos. So it's called Escape. And then in brackets, the high school demos, because the album was going to be called Escape. And it's just the demos I had in high school. And you can check it out on streaming. It's out there. Um, You can pay to download it on my website if you want, and then you can get, like, a production commentary and stuff. It's good old rickchapel.com. There's links everywhere. I'm sure you can find that. But my second record, Black Tie Affair, is good and worth promoting. Don't have the budget for it, so I didn't and haven't. But when I do have the budget for some promotion, I will promote the new record, Outlier, because I think it's very catchy and worth promoting to a much larger audience. But you bet I'm gonna promote Black Tie Affair a little bit too as a kind of evergreen ad campaign, if you know what that is, woo. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to treat my music a little bit like a car dealership of social media ads, because that's what I have experience doing. Hopefully the ads will be a little less cringe. I like to think that was part of it, when i was at the car dealership because like of course it's cringe it's at a dealership bro okay what have we not talked about so far this week i talked about Harmon white that's my old boss's band oh i had a strawberry rhubarb beer that's that's it's so good i had a couple last night and it was they were amazing what what was the name of the place i think it was old yale brewing And yeah, if you go there, if my 60 subscribers are in Abbotsford or Chilliwack, which I have a feeling a couple of you probably are, go to Old Yale Brewing, man. Get that strawberry rhubarb sour, it's delicious. We talked about the Space Echo. The Space Echo is one more thing on the desk, which drove me insane at first. But then I was like, okay, if you're gonna add all this stuff to the desk, you need to be better at it. So I've actually thrown, you'll see the Apollo Twin is up on the table there there is no more synth on the desk there you well there's one in the rack there for a multi thing but i used to have where that apollo is i had the uh what's that the micro brute arturia and it doesn't fit with the you know space echo taking up the spot it does which i like all that down so my plan is to mount the laptop on a pole right here like a desk clamp you know pole thing so it'll be right beside the camera there and then where it is right now where it can't even open all the way i will put the drum brute or drum root, micro brute. So just like where it was on the left, mirrored on the right now. Mm. And that will free up tons of desk space. Uh, the laptop will be up, so I'll be able to still put, like... The reality is I have lots of desk space. Like, you can see there's a big keyboard and room for pop and a big mouse pad and all this stuff. But I eat dinner here a lot of the time and lunch and stuff. Like, I usually am working on things in here. And, I don't know, actually, sometimes I, I eat breakfast out there, but I eat here a lot, so I need enough room. Like, without this here, that's where the plate goes. So I really want to get, like, an SSL controller, like the UC1, but it's so big, and I don't know where I would put it. So the plan is laptop up there. That frees up tons of desk space. And then I'll see if I ever get the chance to bring one in at work. I'll bring one home just to place it and see if I can make one fit if it would fit under the laptop that's my best guess so far because the UC1 has a bus compressor meter on it and an EQ control and the EQ control is what I'm mostly looking for in a next purchase like a, a hardware controller for plugins and the one I want to control the most is a SSL EQ so the SSL EQ controller is looking like the front runner. And the best way to do it is I thought about the soft tube stuff, but even though it does more plugins, the SSL one has that bus compressor in it and the compressor controls as well, separate for the threshold, or not for the threshold, sorry, for the expander and all the other parts of that channel strip, not just the EQ. And I'm pretty sure you can do all that in the console one thing too, and it's smaller, but the fact that the SSL one has a real. Compressor needle in it. Sometimes needles are cool, and that's said from somebody who doesn't do heroin or think heroin is cool. So there you go. Clip that out. Rick, you're the editor. Oh, that bass note's gonna be in the echo forever because that's the reality of the echo. But seriously, I'm in love with the amount of goo that little box adds to things. And like I said, the hold. It can get out of hand, but if I put that on a uh, like a volume style pedal instead of a button, which I think you can do, or if you just do you hold it. Oh, you could tap it on and off. See, I'm, I'm learning still, but if I put that on my left foot is what I'm getting at. You won't know. You won't see me tippity tapping away and uh we'll have forever ambience with the help of the big old line six looper i can could also the the struggle right now is to put the dl4 or the space echo first in the chain having it the way it is right now is very ergonomically nice because this is a short pair of cables running out of the axe effects into the dl4 dl4 into uh the stuff and the splitters and everything but i, I don't want to get into all that Mainly because I'm still confused as to how I did it. It's just so many cables buried in that one U amount of rack space that's open, but essentially these four knobs control it, and there's no power to that mixer because it's a passive thing, and I love it. But it's only got TRS jacks on the back because it's so small, so you need splitters on everything, so... said you weren't going to get into it, and then I totally got into it. That's the reality of my Stream of Conscious podcast. But yeah, one more pedal to it. (laughs) Always adding should give me infinite sustain which is any guitar player stream right but no you infinite sustain on a tape echo it's a very neat thing because i've already tried using it through logic to put on some strings and it sounded so good so doing some vocals is what i'm excited to do next i haven't recorded any vocals for the record yet but i need to finish guitars this month which we're only at what is it the the 20th i have five songs left to do, four or five songs, four songs left to do on guitars. I'm gonna go to a friend's house to do one solo just because he's got a great... I was gonna borrow his amp to do some rhythm guitars but then in doing as many of the rhythm guitars I've done so far didn't need it but I still want to use it like it's got a sound I want to put on the record so I was gonna use that kind of sound on a solo and I would stop myself because I was like hey this is the chance so good old Marcel Ketting from work there. He is going to master the record, hopefully still, but he's also going to help me and he's going to engineer that solo and record it. I will just be the guy going, you know, for an hour while we try to make it sound as right as I can. Or maybe I'll be the guy who one takes it out like an absolute fucking rock star. And there we go. We waited 38 minutes, 39 to go off color. I'm pretty sure I said bitch earlier or something. But I didn't drop the F-bomb until now. So that's a record. Maybe by episode 7, the thing will not have an F-bomb in it. And maybe by episode 10, it'll be clean. I used to do a vlog with a guy. And by episode 2, he was like... You know, after episode 1, I should say. Before we were filming episode 2, he was like, Hey, can we keep this one clean? Because I can share it on Facebook, you know, with so many more people. If you stop just talking like a sailor. And I was like, that's why I like YouTube. And lawless ad, you know, advertisement-free content is because you can be whatever you want to be, man, like Trailer Park Boys and all that stuff I grew up on. But he's right. Not that I'm anywhere near monetizing this, because you need like four million hours of uh, watch time or whatever it is, and I get like 200, 400, whatever it is, I'm so not on that radar but I do know that our algorithmic overlords do punish you for all kinds of things. So there's all kinds of war atrocities and racial things. You don't say on the tube, but when you say, say it over a minor chord, it makes it so dark I don't know where I was going with that man I do have the strings ready to go so we didn't do them on Thursday but I did get it all prepped at the last minute and by prepped I mean this time for the three songs I actually have music written like the dots on the paper I didn't learn how to read it never will but I learned how to export it from the music software I used to write. So I just make the violin do the thing. And then I press Command-P and it prints out a, a thing. Well, actually, it saves the PDF because I don't have a printer. And uh, yeah, Messiah is the first song we're going to do next up. It's kind of what I'm playing right now because the song gets stuck in my head when I talk about it. And then what's after Messiah? We're going to do Messiah. uh, The closing song on the album, or what I think might be the closing song on the album. Hearts to Mend might be the name of that song, if that's the closing song, we'll see. There's a song called, uh, another one I don't know the name of, it's... The line that I want to name the song after is when we left our old lives behind. That is what the song's about, that sums it all up. But it's a very wordy title. So some people have called it Old Lives. I've called it Left Our Old Lives, When We Left. Uh, I I don't know what to call this song yet, but we need to record strings for it. That's written out. And then I thought there was one. No, it's only three songs, yeah. I was going to see about getting him to improv on one of the songs, but the more and more I thought about it, I want... If I'm gonna get anybody to improv on it, I would want horns or something, and he's a violin player, so nothing he could improv on it is what I want. So, thanks, Chris, you're doing a great job, but I don't need you on that one, bud. If he wants to do something, I'm not gonna say no. And actually, oh, he did ask me to send that to him. I'm going to write that down. Send, Chris, Jazzy, Jazzy which is no shit the name of the song on the record so far. I was thinking about naming it something else. I still am, but everybody seems to think Jazzy Yazzy is a great name. It's called Jazzy Yazzy because I watched La La Land and then had a brief love affair with jazz music. And by brief, I mean it lasted like that day. And I guess I still listen to Miles Davis sometimes. So there you go. I'm a white girl jazz. But I wrote that song with this like jazzy drum kit sound, like the You know the sound. And uh, when you hit Command S and save it, it makes you name things. And I was like, Jazzy Jazzy. And it stuck. The other name for the song is Projections because it's about You're projecting things on other people But I kind of like The silliness of the name Jazzy Yazzy And the name Projections is not that silly It's Rather serious And uh yeah, yeah So we're probably just gonna call that song Jazzy Yazzy There you go What else can we talk about? That was the string preparation I wanted to talk about recording strings But it didn't happen so we didn't (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, what I have written down here is String prep, written music I can't read Because I can't read music And I wanted to talk about that Which I did But I, I can read Like just words in, in English only But I can do it I just came back from my grandpa's 94th birthday lunch That's one thing just worth mentioning Happy birthday Grandpa George there Good lord, you're 94 I was born in 1994 So Unrelated But that's how I remembered that he was turning 94 and my grandpa is 94. I will be able to say that, you know, with confidence this year because I remember that number. Time to stand up. How is it time to stand up? I still got 15 minutes left of podcasting, Apple Watch. You liar. And it was nice. uh, He married into my family before I was born, so he's not biologically my grandfather, but He married into my family before I was born. He's my grandpa. You know, like, I've never known another one to call... Like, my mom's side, obviously, I had another one. But he's my grandpa, you know what I mean? But his family from before, I've met many times over the years at Christmases and his birthdays and things like that. But it's not always the same exact group of people, obviously. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. And I really... There was a lot of years I didn't see them at all, like, probably a decade or so growing up from... 10 to 20-ish, somewhere in there, you know so I always struggle to remember who's who and then I, I, it takes me a minute but I'm like oh yeah that's the guy I like, you know like it, it's, it, uh, family gatherings are family gatherings, I'm sure we all experience our own versions of things when we do that brings up stuff the one nice thing though is we do always talk about my dad at some point, you know he passed away when I was young so it's always nice to hear about him And speaking of that, I was talking about the fires earlier and uh, heading to lunch with, or not lunch, dinner tonight with my dad's old friend who's down because of the fires. So, like I said, bad circumstance, but... Looking forward to that at least, hey? Doing the best we can. The next episode of this podcast may be a special one this one's special don't get me wrong because fingers crossed and this is how you ruin it right here I'm gonna I'm doing it I'm gonna bite myself in the ass on this one I know it this is the first episode that's going well I don't think there's pops I don't think there's glitches I don't think there's a light that's crashing down or anything that's gone that wrong I think the framing seems to be alright the lights are pretty decent everything is clean we have succeeded but next week will be the first episode to ever have a guest there was an episode, call it three or two, it's whichever one I'm playing, my Black Explorer, it was the day I bought that. Or the day I brought it home. I had purchased it like a month before. Watch that video, I am just crackhead excited because I had ordered that guitar the second they announced it. And I work at a, a dealer for guitars, so they announced it for me before they announced it for you. So I ordered it early and they shipped right away like for the when they actually announced the guitar it was only two weeks maybe before we had them you know in a hand of a customer me being one of those customers but it felt like i had to wait forever because i had that inside scoop but during that episode Piper, my former roommate, who was here for a month and a half during the the beginning of the summer here, and that's the reason there's a bed behind the camera right now, she came home and uh, was just in the, it was their room, so that's, you know, sometimes they need to use the room, that's how roommates are. But I think next week, they might actually just, Piper might just come on as a guest on the show. I don't know how I'm going to mic that, or shoot that, or light that, or anything. Took me all night last night to figure out how to plug in that thing, which involved. Oh, I think I have it here. Yeah. Oh, no, is it the next page? Oh, wow. We're burning through this book, man. Yeah. Rewriting 22 inputs of UAD stuff to try to make A stereo pair work in a way that was functional while moving a single cable that needed goddamn phantom power for this podcast funny enough I just put it back to how it was kind of I'm using this this microphone goes into the Apollo twin on the desk but I don't want that I want this microphone to go into the Apollo X8 that way the twin is empty It'll, it'll run the micro brute the synth but when the twin is empty, I'll still have a microphone. And then I can run those guitar pedals for demos and stuff because the guitar pedal demos have been fun. I think I'm gonna do a Strymon Iridium next or the Boss IR-200. Only because they're the other small pedal size pedals that are entire amp in a box, rig in a box tones. And that's what the UAD ones are. So I feel like it's kind of finishing off that lane of things and then if they announce more I'll do more pedals like that as I find them and then maybe I'll get into other kinds of pedals too I I don't really know because to me other pedal reviews are really tricky because it's so dependent on the rest of your rig like your amp and your speaker and how you're recording it and everything that Not to toot my own horn, but I think I can make a pretty bad overdrive pedal sound pretty good if I just use the distortion in my Mesa boogie, mostly. You know what I mean? Like, if you use the boogie and a Captor X, an overdrive that just doesn't suck will be good. So I don't think I'm going to do, like, overdrive comparisons. I might do... Well, no. I don't even want to do more echo pedal shootouts because I kind of just bought the one I want the most, and it's... There you go. I have no allure to make a video about this, it's really complicated, it has way more menus than I hope to ever learn. I've made a couple presets in it that I really like, and I have it up on the desk here so that I can just fiddle with it when I'm using it for like vocals or strings or any of the things I plan to do during recording. But um, yeah, I don't want to make any videos on the Space Echo Man, uh, I'll let people who know a lot more about it make videos. I used to have this pedal, like the, the older version of the emulation, the RE-201, uh, 201, did they call it? Whatever the one was that had the red LED smiley face on it. And as much as I love smiley faces, um, that one was my least favorite smiley face ever, only because it wouldn't shut the fuck up. It, one of the lights meant that the pedal was on, and the other one was the tempo, and then the one below it was the tape running through which is a great design it looks like a smiley face and it sounds adorable and it looks really nice on the floor but every single led in that made a noise so when you turned it on there would be actually no matter what there'd be of the blinking one and then when you turn the pedal on, at least this is how it was in my rig. I was a teenager and probably had a distortion pedal after it, or, you know, something ridiculous, adding a bunch of noise to the, or the bunch of noise floor. But this is what happened with mine. The tech was persistent always. And then when you turned it on, there was a pss of the other light. And then uh, 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 of the thing going by and not like a tape not like how this has flutter and saturation and this like not that not a tape machine it's awesome i just love the fact that i can add that whenever i want ea for pedals see it's nice having it right at the desk but oh man if i can figure out a way to get my dinner a notebook you know so there's there's a notebook there's dinner and an ssl uc1 on this table watch out nobody because i'm gonna sit at my desk more (coughs) and yeah okay i'm when i get all the guitars done, i'm gonna start mixing the record well get all the guitars done get all the vocals done which as soon as i get my microphone back from recording strings we can start on that next month there that'll be great and then i can start mixing the record and when i mix i want to have that controller that's my goal the summing mixer is still on its way which will be here by the time i mix god willing because that should be here in another week or two but uh the controller i I don't think i'm mixing until october probably maybe even november i don't know i think that that sentence was blubbered all hell maybe even november we'll see I'm delivering it to mastering in December. That's all that's actually set in stone, really. But we'll see how that goes. What else did I want to talk about this week? I want to talk about doing more pedal reviews. We've done that. We're almost at the hour mark. None of these episodes have actually ever gone over an hour, as far as I remember. And a lot of them struggle to kind of hit around where we're at. Let's do a little play guitar out. Maybe I'll talk about something else if I think about it. But so far, hey, this has been, uh, like I said, hopefully... The first successful episode There you go if you watch these podcasts not live and by not live i mean maybe in six months when this record's out maybe you'll recognize a little bit of that as one of the songs and with that that is episode six of the rick chapel podcast thank you for watching as always i have been rick chapel you've been here (laughs) i don't want to steal anybody else's outro Um, go to rickchapel.com for all kinds of updates on everything else. I will do another pedal review. I'm sure soon I have an album coming out. I have an album already out. Go check that out. Black tie affair. I'm sure YouTube is telling you to click on other things around now. Maybe you should do that. Maybe one of those things is a a subscribe button. Maybe you click the shit out of it. I don't know till then till then I'll see you next week. And until then click one of those buttons, yo later.